Welcome back to our interviews. Today we are here with Dr. Coughlin, Many Faces of Chicago. Um, he is here. We're going to just talk to him about his craft, what he does. He is a true artist. He's super funny, makes really funny, funny videos. So um, <laughs> go check him out at Many Faces of Chicago. Uh, Dr. Keith, thank you for being on our show. We really appreciate you coming yes, on. We do. Happy to be here. I like the plug. You put a little pressure, but I'm ready. <laughs> How's your day going? How's your morning? Not too bad. I had a couple of small cases in the morning. Uh, I'm in the I'm in the downtown office right now. You guys can see beautiful Chicago. Nice. So I, I can't argue. Yeah. What does your morning routine look like for you? Like this morning, tell uh, us about your morning routine this morning. I like it. Yeah. So I have three toddlers. So it starts out pretty early with those guys. I normally get up with the kids, work out quick, uh, have a coffee, have another coffee. <laughs> then I head in. We start, we open officially here at nine, but I normally get here at eight just to get mm -hmm. things tidied up. Um, depending on the day, whether it's surgery or in this office, I do a lot of fillers and Botox and lasers and that type of thing. Um, at Cook County, I do some trauma and, you know, reconstructive more cases. And then at the Jesse Brown VA, I do uh, transgender stuff. So it kind of depends where I'm going for the next step. But uh, I start out with lots of coffee and a workout. And That's then I the take best it way there. to do it. I need one more yeah. coffee. I haven't had my fix yeah. yet. Yeah. I have water. I'm on mine. <laughs> she doesn't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee at all. I don't know oh how. Oh, my God. She, yeah, she yeah. doesn't what drink it. Doing? Yeah. I'm going to tea. So how's the, how's the, how's having toddlers with work? That's awesome. Three toddlers. Right. Three toddlers I have right now. That's yeah, awesome. uh, it's you know it is what it is. My uh, um, I, I'm actually at a phase now. It's a little better. They're better than the whatever the stage is before toddler. You know they sleep now at least. <laughs> I like so it. sleep is good. I'm like I feel I feel like Superman now. Yeah, like I'm actually sleeping through the night. Okay. okay. Um, but you know going through medicine, we're kind of used to odd hours. So I, I was yeah. Like, yeah that's true. it's a balance you know you want it when i'm at work i want to be home when i'm home i feel like i should be at work so that's probably the hardest part that's being a, a dad balance. and being a that's yeah because we're busy that's so tell us a little bit about balance. your practice yeah so um you know it's it's interesting i've been out now from fellowships i only do facial plastic surgery um i've been out for six years now meaning after my fellowship um and i built pretty much what i wanted i wanted to do a little bit of some or some portion of reconstructive surgery so for you know trauma or cancer stuff um and and there whoop, almost dropped my uh, thing there i uh um i teach the residents both the northwestern residents and the uic residents um so there's that kind of uh um non-clinical aspect to it which i like uh that's at cook county um and then cosmetically i'm, at, I'm in the cosmetic office four days a week or three and a half days a week and i'm at the county three days you know a day and a half are the alternatives and then um so the, the balance is really key so here i and it's and you you'd be surprised about the the difference in the patient i mean i guess you wouldn't be surprised but you you'd be surprised in the response to the patient so the purely cosmetic patients sometimes are so much more grateful than the you know 12 hour reconstructive case i do i'm like sweating i'm tired and then i do something simple in the office and and it's, it's just it's an interesting dynamic typically by the time I'm done with my week cosmetically, I'm ready to go to the county. And by the time I'm done with county, I'm ready to come back here. So it's a nice, uh, it's a nice balance in that sense. That's nice. Um, and then at the, oh, at the Jesse Brown VA, me and a couple people uh, started to, well, trying um, to get this transgender uh, program going. 
um, to help the transgender people, but um, we got kind of a little bit stalled. So it's in like a, it's in a stagnant phase right now. So you're starting a program. Well, we started it back. Yeah, we started it right before 2016, and then it got paused. Um, so we're waiting to kind of get because it's it's really about getting the money to run it. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So as far as being able, to, so I would do the facial transformation portions of the of the transgender operations, and then there's somebody who does the does the genital. There's somebody who does the uh, hormonal, that kind of stuff. What does that include with the facial reconstruction? Um, I mean, it just depends what you're doing. So if it's somebody who has masculine features, but you know, wants to be more feminine, then it'll be like nasal reduction and narrowing the lower third of the face. And if it's vice versa, you can, you know, augment the nose to make it stronger or the jawline to make it wider. So, you know, it really depends. It's, 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 it, you know, it fits into the, what I do cosmetically anyways, it's normally to kind of the extreme, but yeah. Yeah. What is, okay, tell us what is the most trending thing right now with cosmetics? That's the thing. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm almost in the fashion industry in that way. Um, so the brows is really hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really hot right now. We're doing with threads and fillers and Botox we, or, or neurotoxin, I should say. Um, we do that where you, and it's just the lateral portion of the brow gets lifted up a little like that. So, um, you can do it surgically too. Uh, there's this thing, my staff gets mad at me when I say, when I, when I say about getting snatched and that's kind of that sucked in cheek look. So that's pretty hot right now. Yes. People who have this rounder lower third of the face, um, you know, kind of a, not chubby look, but a little bit more of a baby face. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what they're after. It's, and it's about getting the jawline defined. So they like a nice sharp line here, a sharp line here, a shadow here, a shadow here. So, um, and, and most of it's the younger population, meaning the 20 something who mm -hmm. are starting to get jobs. They're competing with the older population and they don't like how young they look. So they're trying to, you know, um, how do you, and, and I really, uh, that's just see it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, how do you like deal with a patient? Like, say if they're doing it too much. Like, what if they're like yeah. doing a lot of like fillers or just a lot of work? And I mean, um, as, as a doctor, you can't really like. Do you refuse? Well, no. Them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. It's it's interesting. Um, I mean, particularly this field, aesthetic cosmetic field. I think we had. There's a. There's a. Most of my colleagues and I joke around that we're more psychiatrists than than surgeons, almost. You know, at this point, so I'm I'm somewhere between a psychiatrist, a dermatologist, and a surgeon. That's about where I, that's a, that's where I fit, I think. Um, and that's because people are, you know, they can uh, they can have this what's called perception drift. Uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Sabrina Fabi just did a, a good lecture on it. When it's it's like they slowly convince themselves that they want to continue to change to the point where they forget what they look like, and then they're they're mm -hmm. just there's these unrealistic expectations. So. Um, I mean, it's, it's our role to first, you know, there's three keys. One, to get people results, to make them happy. Two, to do it safely. And three, to kind of make it an enjoyable process. Now, the order of those uh, is not in any, it's not in, you know, a priority order. Obviously, safety should be number one. So um, really, we got to make sure people are not going to hurt themselves. Um, and, you know, while these, it's, it, again, it's, it's bizarre. Somebody will get shot in the face at County and I'll, you know, work on their face for six hours and they're like, you know, they never even say thank you. And then somebody here, I do like a thread in their brow and like, 
oh my God, they send me flowers and cookies. And I mean, it's like this bizarre, uh, you know, paradigm of like, what it didn't, if it's, if somebody's convinced, convinced enough that it's not how they want to look, the small change is like instrumental in their life. So, so doctor, how um, does it feel to change um, the appearance? I got a little off track there. I do, I do tell people no, like not only for their own good, but go ahead. Yeah, um, let me start it again. Cause I, I didn't uh, record. Okay. So doctor, how does it feel to change the appearance of people? It normally feels good when it goes right. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, if it's what they want, then, you know, and it's within reason, uh, it feels great when you make somebody happy. And, and I think that's the key, really. Um, you know, it's human to want to make other people happy. And when you, can, when you can do it that way and it can be your job, I mean, that's, that's the key. That's the goal, I think, in life, right? Yeah. To do what makes you happy. So it makes me happy to make them happy. So it's like this cycle, right? And then you get good at it and then more people come and then, then you know, that's what you want. You're, them, you're, you're helping them give the confidence to make them feel better. And yeah, I mean, okay. that's, I mean, that's important. Like that's, that's the biggest thing I feel like, you know, personally, like if you do get something done, it does help to give you that confidence and helps to make you like feel, um, you know, feel good. But at the same time, um, there is definitely like that line where you can draw it, where it could just be a little bit overly done. But how, like, what do you think about like the stigma? Like when people just like say, oh, you're changing yourself or, you know, you're not yeah. happy with what you have. You know, um, I, I, I guess I would go back to the phrase to each their own. I mean, there's, there's people who, who don't do these types of things and there's people who overdo these types of things, meaning cosmetic, aesthetic, changing their face. Um, and I think, you know, if you go to a surgeon you trust and they, they help you do it safely, I think it's fine. I have this young guy, he's gonna be a lawyer and um, it was that thing about narrowing the lower third of his face because he thinks he looks too young and he's talking to all these older lawyers and he just really was not happy. So we did a chin implant and a buckle fat and I mean, he's like ecstatic and he just feels, you know, whether or not he should, it, it truly makes him feel more confident and better about himself. So. You know, I, I was confident I could do it safely and I think it was the right move for him. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really that simple. It's similar to buying a nice car or, uh, you know, the nice suit versus the cheap suit kind of thing where if it really makes you feel better, I think all the more power to you. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, so, you know, going back to what you were saying, like when they overdo it, like, is there ever a point where it's overdone and it's affecting their health? There are for sure cases that uh, um, where that could be the circumstance. So I'm giving a lecture or we're doing this course, like this uh, training course for other doctors uh, in a month um, and cadaver dissections and stuff. I mean, there's people who go blind from filler. So you oh, know, wow. normally it's, it's, it's been, you know, injected improperly or they use the wrong material or they use the wrong technique or, you know, so um, for sure, these stuff can be dangerous. I mean, you know, I and people who do a lot of this have gone through a lot of training. So I think you got to make sure you're going the right place and you're, you know, somebody you trust who's certified and knows what they're doing. Um, and also to be, they have, I mean, it really comes down to being a good person in a way. I mean, the more filler somebody does, the more money I make. So there's this obvious connection, right? Um, I am at the point where I make enough money, so I don't need to talk people into that. But you know, there are clinics and doctors and stuff who really can push it 
to their own agenda when, you know, it's nice when you can be in a situation where you're, I'm really doing what the patient wants and the goal truly is to make the patient happy. Um, so it's, it, it, yeah, the, the field, this part of medicine can definitely get, um, I mean, there are some bad apples out there who, who give us a bad rap because they push it to the point of just making money, not to make people happy mm -hmm. and look good, you know? So yeah. I think that's, yeah, like any field, right? I mean, it's like these days, there's a lot of, but more so plastic surgery, because yeah. anyone, like if you like basically talk about their appearance immediately, they're going to want to change it. Most mm -hmm. people. And I feel like what yeah. you said, there's a lot of bad apples like that. And I myself have seen that happen where they'll basically mm -hmm. push something or point out something that you never notice. And then they'll be like, oh, you should fix this. And it's like, yeah, oh, no. well, I don't think that there was anything wrong. You know, a, a lot of, a lot of patients say, what do you, what should I change? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you're here for you. Like what you're going to be the one looking in the mirror. You tell me what you don't like and I'll tell you how I think we can get there safely. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the, the way to approach it. You don't, most people that come in here don't need somebody else pointing out their insecurities. They have enough, you know, so for better or worse. So do you believe though, because I feel like this is a big thing with plastic surgery. Do you believe that once you do one thing, you just kind of get addicted to it? I know this is a big, uh, a lot of people feel like, okay, hey, if I get maybe like a nose job, I'm going to want to change my whole face or keep going and keep going because I like the way I look now. I mean, you know, I do, I joke around to patients that the, you know, the toxins and the fillers are the gateway drug to plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. um, but in a way it can be right. So I worked in Orange County for a year. Um, and out there, I mean, it is to that point almost where it's like, it's not about when people are, or, you know, it's not about uh, if people are going to get a face that it's when they're going to, I mean, everybody, I and mean, there's Botox on every corner. So, um, and I, I think that comes into having a relationship with your, with your doctor or your surgeon or whomever, where you got to kind of trust and learn each other a little bit in that way. Um, because there's a lot of information out there nowadays with the internet and Instagram and TikTok and all that that can give people the wrong idea and the wrong uh, approach. Interesting. So you've worked, because you've worked alongside of um, one of the doctors from Botched, right? Uh, he actually trained at the same university I did. Yeah. So you um, So he did a fellowship there. We didn't, I, we didn't cross paths. Okay. Um, but we're in the same group, you know, we know the same people. Yeah. Yeah. So and we have the same protocol. So like, do you, are there ever like times, like, I mean, you're doing like this program, right? For, um, you know, like the transgender program, right? Yeah. So basically helping people to tran transition. Um, yeah. Do you like, when you're doing that, I mean, do you feel like you, um, that like, you know, you like, ever feel like any type of way where you're just like, maybe this isn't like a good idea or like, do you ever feel like you, I wish you could you like know, say something to try to like convince them or not not you know that's not my role i think by the time somebody's come to me for that mm -hmm. uh yeah. for something like that i think it's it's um it's it's to the point where it's the best thing for them um i mean it's i've seen it save people from suicide you know to, to really not feel like themselves um i had actually i had a patient come to me who was in a witness protection program and wanted me to change their face so they were unrecognizable. What? Um, and we did it. We did it over like a, a year and a half. It went slow. I did it safely, but uh, no we way. changed them. That's kind of uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, it was kind of, it was like being in a movie. Um, but we did it, you <laughs> That's know? And you crazy. Can, I can 
you can change some key aspects of people's face that can make them look like different people. Um, you know, along with some hair change and, you know, maybe a different uh, eyeliner and a few different key aspects. But um, so, yeah, again, if, if I, I'm happy to help people get where they want. Um, I don't think it's my role to really tell them. I, I make them get, the, I, I make sure it's done safely and, you know, with mm -hmm. an open mind, but it's not my role to pick you know, tell them how they feel, you know, so yeah. particularly the trans, the transgender, that population is, is particularly unique to that aspect where um, it's, it's a, it's a challenging thing to go about. Mm -hmm. wow. it, it went well too. I mean, I, I can't show anybody, obviously. Yeah, that's but, a really cool story. I mean, it's yeah, not, it is. I kind of like, I feel bad. Not cool for them. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she looked good. The problem was she was beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, you um, you know, this is, you know, we got to do, we got to be careful here because, you know, if she had not been good looking, it would have been easier. Yeah. There would have been more straightforward, but to change somebody yeah. who's good looking, you, you got to, you know, the, we study the face a lot and facial proportions and facial aesthetics and angles and curves and shadows. Um, when you change one thing, it changes another thing. We keep that in mind. So what is like the ideal face? Symmetry wise? Shape-wise, shape like what is something that okay, hey, I like this face. This is something I want to. You know, it's that's that's a that's a controversial thing right now, for a couple reasons. Number one, it changes. So yeah. if you go back and look at, you know, there's good literature on this. If you go back and look at the ideal face from the 1920s, then to the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even nowadays, you can go back, you know, 10 years, and the face is different. So. That can change. That can uh, change. You know, vary from lip size to uh, you know brow position to lash length. Um, now there are some general principles that we follow, or one can keep in mind. I mean, somebody kind of at my level, we're we're, we're kind of a not, I don't want to say above, but we're advanced past these general principles. But for new new people out there, new estheticians or new uh, you know training surgeons, that kind of thing, um, there's facial proportions as far as we split the, the face vertically into fifths. So you should, you know, and that's a pretty standard thing where the width of one eye should go the width of your face, you know, five times. Um, you can split the face into thirds horizontally. Um, symmetry, some people argue that perfect symmetry is perfect. And other people argue that the minor imperfections are, you know, more attractive. So um, in, in, in an, even from male to female to age, those, they all can change, right? So um, kind of the classic thing is a heart shape is more attractive than an egg shape for a fish. Um, so that means having the volume up high to taper down low. And that's, you know, I say this a lot, we're utilizing um, peaks and valleys to create shadows and curves. And it's about doing those in the right location. So you guys are both very attractive women. I'm sure if you use a little bit of contouring makeup or concealer you know you you appreciate that where you're trying to contour and shadow and um, I do very similar you know by moving the facial tissues around with one way or another or value you know moving volume around in the face um, but each face each um, you know each race each you know sex each whatever gender orientation has kind of their own ideal so um, and again you know little I call them you know Little white girl lips don't look good with a wide nose. A wide nose doesn't look good with big lips. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's not that simple. Okay, so can, can you describe like a Middle Eastern face? Like, 
right yeah, so, now what's in for middle eastern yeah okay so middle eastern thicker skin so i mean these are their baseline characteristics so um, thick skin. <laughs> th th yeah, thicker skin yeah and not metaphorically well i mean maybe also actually but uh it's <laughs> oh. like it's like a this is like an anatomical finding they have thicker skin so with thicker skin the nose is typically a little uh, like a little more rounded a little more bulbous or something along those lines so it's very common procedure in the middle east to have the nose narrowed or sharpened um to simplify it uh similarly for the uh cheekbones like the definition when your skin is thick that's the outer layer right so it gives things a little more of a rounded appearance um so the, the to give it a little more definition that's a maybe some projection into the cheekbones um middle eastern ha typically have nicer lips meaning full i mean that's a that's a uh generalized term but have fuller lips so um that it just baseline so they don't necessarily aren't is common to come in for the lip augmentation. Um, what else? They have strong, in the Middle Easterns have a, a typically darker hair and thick hair. So uh, the brow is a little bit lower classically in Middle Eastern uh, population. Um, the br the, the, the uh, hairline is a little bit lower that is closer to the brow. So the brows are sharper. So these are all things that you have to take into account when you're, if you do a forehead lift in somebody who has a Middle Eastern uh, background in their hair is already close to their eyebrow. I mean, you don't want it to be touching the eyebrow, you know? So um, these are things, whereas, you know, uh, somebody from uh, Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe has a high hairline, thin skin, you can, you can do that. So, yeah. you know, facial plastic surgery is, is uh, uh, definitely, you have to take that into account, that, those kind of things. Into I think account. that's very interesting that you basically yeah. like, well, based off demographics, you kind of know what you got to profile people. I mean, and, and it's, I'm not doing it in a bad way, but it's for their, you know, it's for their no, yeah, it's good. You got to recognize it. Yeah. So it's particularly in something like rhinoplasty or uh, a facial sculpting kind of thing. These things come into a lot into play. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, well, you have like yeah. such a, I feel like plastic surgeons, they have such a interesting job. I, I don't think there's ever a dull day for you guys. It is, that, that is definitely interesting. There's no doubt about that. Um, there's always, that, I mean, that really is one of the, one of the best parts. I, I, I wanted to be an architect actually. Um, oh. And it was when I was in, you know, when I was making the decision and what I was gonna do, you know, what I was gonna be when I grew up, whatever. Uh, the market was really crappy. And my mother's a nurse and she's like, you know what? You should, you should do something a little more secure because architects really are quite dependent on the economy. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of like that now, you know, still, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I have a lot of autonomy. I can kind of decide. I'm, I'm it's very analytical, very obviously using my hands. So um, I got as close as I could. That's well, you know what? That makes sure. sense though. Cause like for you wanting to be an architect anyway, you have to have that creative eye. So yeah, you're doing it now with, you know, people's faces. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's probably more stressful to be honest. Yeah. wish I was making houses. Sometimes I wish I was making houses. Do you ever feel like, um, I know it might, might be different for surgeons who deal with like bodies, but do you ever feel like faces just kind of look the same after you see them all over and over and over and it just becomes like routine? Like no, there's not that would, much interest in it anymore? Like I would honestly say quite the opposite, that okay. the more faces you see, the more differences you appreciate and the more uh, you know, like I do a lot of this buckle fat pad surgery where I'm sculpting this lower face. And you would kind of think that the, the more of the operations you do, let's say I've done 500 of them. 
So the first 10, you know, I'm like, oh, this is kind of simple. And then the more you do, the more complicated it becomes because you learn like, oh, now there's, then you appreciate this tissue layer. And then the next time you tighten it, and then you kind of, you, we kind of, uh, not experiment in a bad way, but we kind of try different little techniques and then, oh, we do this. Oh, and then we try this and we get it a little bit higher, a little bit tighter, a little bit smoother. So I, I'd say surprisingly, it becomes more complicated and really more interesting the more, uh, the more you do. It's one of those fields that you, you really never stop learning. So um, plus there's always something new. By the time you master one thing, there's like you said, what's hot? Now the brow, I mean, when I was training, I didn't do anything, any of these brow lifts with threads. Now I'm doing, you know, five a day. So. Wow. How long does it the reality. the fox eye? Uh, the, the, depends on which one you use, but it's around six months. Mm, that's not bad. Yeah. No, it's kind of, it's a long, yeah. It's, it depends if you combine it with, you know, fillers or Botox or, or one of the neurotoxins, you can get a little more. So, um, but that's, it's, that's, it's very safe. It's simple uh, in the, in the recovery phase, you know, that kind of thing. So that's why it's popular. So, um, what other, like, um, are there any other organizations that you're part of with like your firm or with yourself where you guys like, yeah, um, go like uh, give back to, um, mm -hmm. like people? Yeah, we do through the AFPRS, which is American Academy of Facial Plastic Surgery. I'm part of the, it's called face to face, um, where we offer, I mean, it's many plastic surgeons are part of it where it's, I, I don't. So it's normally some sort of uh, battery or domestic violence or something, people who get some sort of traumatic facial injury. Um, and then we cover the cost. So we, we fix them in, you know, for free essentially. Um, so they, the, the, the organizations who sets it up for us, you know, they like send us the patients and then we operate on them or do whatever it takes. Like I did a woman's lip. She had this lip scar where insurance wouldn't pay for it. Um, and then it would cost a couple thousand dollars to fix Typically, so um, because I'm part of the organization, you know, we cover it. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, it actually, I'm, I'm working on a program, uh, particularly with something like that. So uh, I'll update you guys. It's, oh, it's yeah, not, it's down the road, but we have to talk yeah, because about that. we're interested in that. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe we'll yeah we could probably, maybe we could collaborate a little bit because I'm really trying to get it. Uh, it's, it's the, the issue is sustainability, right? So, I can, I can only do so many free surgeries, right? My, I, we have staff, we have equipment, we have nurses, we have MAs, we have front desks, we have marketing. So um, the goal is to obviously create something that's um, a little more sustainable because you can only, you know, that's the limit, right? We can, we can only do so much for free. So I'm working on trying to create a program for that. You got to share that more with us. Yeah, uh, yeah I will. I'll let, I'll let you know more. It's, it's, 